Your style is unorthodox, but effective. It is not the art, but the combat that you enjoy. Man, you come right out of a comic book. You are now listening to Black Comics Chat. Black 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 Comics Chat. We are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. We are live on Black Comics Chat. Black Comics Chat. Shannon, CG, Lauren, and Mel form the Nerds of Prey, a group of ladies bonded by comics, gaming, film, television, and fandom culture. Hang out with them bi-weekly as they dig into the very things that make them loud and proud nerds. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. Also, check out their Patreon at patreon.com backslash nerds of prey. Hi, this is Anthony Rutgazer. I'm the writer of The First Hero and Heroes of Homeroom C, and you are listening to Black Comics Chat. Hey, hey, one, two, one, two. What's going on, people? How's everybody doing? Uh, once again, we're back with Black Comics Chat. It's a little weird because we're pre recording it, but, um, you know, I'm used to everybody being right there. But um, we definitely had to get this episode in with a, a you know, a guest who's, who's been on, I want to say, at least four times, you know, just like some of our other super guests. Um, but yeah, we, we got we got Robert Jeffrey in the house. So before I, before I introduce Robert, though, I'm gonna do the Black Comic Chat crew uh, introductions. You know, uh, holding it down as always. We got the the red lion of the crew. We got the undercover Sith Lord Tony in the house. What up? What up, peeps? Glad to uh, be back on this uh, special edition podcast i'm really i'm really happy and excited about this yeah definitely and we are here to talk about you know an exciting new kickstarter um called mind to avenge book book of layla number one and uh it's created by uh well part of the creative team on this book is uh you know like i said a super guest of ours was robert jeffrey um representing atl how's it going robert it's going good man it's going good thanks for having me on Oh, definitely, man. Anytime. And, you know, I mean, on a positive note, this is, uh, you know, definitely a Kickstarter campaign that we can't mess up for you because uh, you, just, <laughs> you, just, you just funded it today. You guys <laughs> reached your goal today. So, you know, right. we can just kick back and, I don't know, <laughs> just talk, talk about nerd stuff. Exactly. <laughs> it's just a whole hour of us talking about, like, um, man, you see that Captain Marvel trailer? Right. Oh, yeah. cat. Well, we, um, we definitely, right into it, huh? yeah, we we definitely can nerd out, but but seriously though, yeah. like as we know from Kickstarters, it is important. You know, there, there's always stretch goals, and um, mm-hmm. it is important to for people to keep the support going even once um, the project is funded. So mm-hmm. so you know, we're definitely going to going to push this book and let everybody know why why they should be backing it. You know, so I guess first up, um, I guess. Let's give you give a give a super brief. You don't have to do the full origin story, but just give a like a, a condensed origin story before we jump into Mind to Avenge. Well, uh, I'm trying to think the um, best place best place to start. 
Uh, my background, you know, I've been freelancing for, I guess, freelance writing for like 14 years now. And I uh, started with a company down here called Terminus Media and, uh, and you know, writing for a newspaper called the Atlanta Voice uh, newspaper. And uh, but with Terminus, I created and wrote my uh, series called Route 3 and uh, co-wrote Radio Free America, actually did some work for the Centers for Disease Control on an animated motion comic, uh, raising awareness about HIV and STD prevention and awareness and um, did a bunch of client work and that uh, led to me being accepted into the uh, DC Writers Workshop uh, last year. You know, we're still in 2018, right? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that so that was a big thing and a really big thing. And so now we're here with um, Evolution Publishing with Mind to Avenge. So, you know, that's kind of like, you know, kind of a, a brief synopsis of I guess my career, but, you know, throughout just been hustling as much as possible, you know, for writing gigs and, uh, and also the editor in chief for blacksidefi.com. So definitely, definitely busy. Um, yeah, we definitely want to get into your, your DC, um, projects, you know, later on. It's really exciting and you got something coming out very, very soon. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's let's jump right into Mind to Avenge. Uh, t- tell us about it. What what it, what is Mind to Avenge? Okay, it's um <clears throat> the it's a story about I, I've been describing it as you know what does you know what does vengeance do to a person uh, even though it's justified and even if it's like righteous <laughs> like a righteous revenge mm-hmm. um, how does that you know mess you know mess with a person. Um, Way back when, and and this is you know kind of you know, very loosely based on a true story. Uh, there was a couple in uh, New Orleans. They were by the names of the Lalaris, and a very I guess high society. The husband was a uh, doctor, and you know the wife was um, you know just kind of ran the house. But they were also slave owners. Um, so if you you know you can definitely do the research, and it's actually been. Uh, the story has been told um, in different, I guess, areas, um, you know, ranging from like, like history uh, channel specials to American Horror Story, <laughs> to of all things. Uh, but they, they were pretty much running a house of horrors, and it was some really like sick, depraved, uh, psychopathic uh, type of stuff. And um, it definitely went beyond. Uh, you know, how normally, like, slaves were, you know, the history of slavery where, you know, slaves were just, like, everything was done to them. But in this household, it was just, like, taken to a new level. So using that as the jump-off point, I tell the story about a little girl, the little girl uh, named Leia who got away. And uh, after experiencing what she did in the household, uh, that leads to, like, a decades-long fight uh, of you know basically a quest for revenge, like a very bloody vengeance for uh, those um, for these you know starting with you know what happened in the house, but basically you know focusing now on the things that go bump in the night that you know literally stalk the um, the victims or the descendants of America's original sin. Um, so there's there's definitely kind of an alternative history going on because it's 
I'm tying in more of the supernatural horror uh, kind of vibe to it. But <clears throat> her fight and the creation of a group called the Retribution Cabal uh, jumps forward like hundreds of years into the future. Uh, this group is still around, but by the time we come across them in this like cyberpunk sci-fi world, uh, they're kind of on their last legs because these, you know, the stories that are, you know, basically these supernatural, you know, beings are being kind of pushed out of the, um, I guess, the common mythology in this age of like technical, technological, you know, wonder and all that. So, uh, but the Lollaries, uh pop up. <laughs> pop back up so it's up to the cabal to um you know to kind of take the fight to them while still continuing to you know, trying to find some way to exist but that's kind of it's um it's definitely like a mashup of you know cyberpunk horror and um a little bit of historical fiction but i i i definitely wanted to you know do something that wasn't your normal run-of-the-mill you know let's just go fight monsters you know give us some type of uh, you know, it's kind of social commentary, historical context, but also still tell a um, a very bloody action adventure. Wow, I, I really like I dig that concept. So, I mean, I guess without giving away too much, um, mm-hmm. are you dealing with uh, with with time travel? No, no. This is um, I, I, I don't think real time is the way to describe it. It's, it's not like twenty four <laughs> with Jack Bauer or whatever, but right. this is the second time I've mentioned Jack Bauer when it comes to the series. But um which is weird. <laughs> but uh no, we're there's definitely we're gonna see a time jump because like my goal is to you know the bulk of the story is going to be told in the future, but coming back, um I feel that there's a lot of within that long span of time between, you know, the past, 1833, and I think it's like 2134, 2154, um, there's a lot of story to tell about the the rise and the, you know, ultimate fall of the of the cabal and, you know, the various adventures and, you know, things that they do. Um, but, yeah, so that's... Uh, but there's not, not a lot of time travel involved in this one. They, they might go into space. <laughs> you know, that's a possibility, but, yeah. Okay, cool. I'm I'm all for black people in space, so yeah, definitely. <laughs> cool. Now, cool. where did you where did you get the inspiration for this story? It it started with you know learning about the the case of the Lollaries. You know, it's just one of the things that stood out to me with the story, and this is just the writer um, kind of you know the the writing gears flowing is that they apparently were never caught. Um, they did what they did, and um, it's kind of weird because <laughs> in the slaveholding South, even you know in New Orleans, which was definitely a hotbed for you know the slave trade and you know the, the normalization of you know slavery of the except you know whatever, even people who they sat back and they were like, "What the fuck?" You know, excuse the language, but it was even a bit too much for them. So. But the Lollaries ran away, so in my mind, I was just like, what stories could be told about this couple, which essentially, as far as I'm concerned, they were serial killers, um, albeit racist ones. But I felt that there was a story uh, to be told uh, there, and I've always wanted to you know, do something you know, like a cyberpunkish. So it's just I, I just kind of mashed the two up, you know, just melded up, you know, mashed the, you know, the you know, the original, I guess the 
you know, the historical context with, um, you know, this kind of far-flung, you know, tale of, um, you know, sci-fi, the sci-fi tale. So, but that's kind of where the idea took root or where it kind of jumped off from. Wow. That's, wow. Yeah, I got too much time on my hands. <laughs> I got too much time on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good thing for a writer. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it, it definitely is one of those things where, you know, when I heard about the story, I was just like, yeah, this kind of this is very fucked up. But it was like it just it just sat, you know, it was like this kernel of an idea where I was just like, I can let me come back to it and see what I can do. Um, but, you know, after, you know, you watch things, you know, like the you know, you read things like the Punisher series or you see thing like you know things with like Batman or whatever. And it's always this kind of the storyline of like the tortured soul and you know they're born in blood and you know just all that and it's always like like a straight white male you know <laughs> it's just like you when you think about it when it comes to something like you know like slavery that's some P- ptsd type of shit yeah absolutely so that compounded that compounded with you know these this couple who were really on some like psychopathic type of ish it's just you, you can only imagine what that's going to do to a person. So, um, so, in, but in this case, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a young black girl. It's not like a rich, you know, uh, billionaire playboy. And it's not, um, you know, a Vietnam vet who saw his you know family cut down in a hill of gunfire. Um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a slave, you know, she's a slave. So there's a lot going on where, in my mind, I was just like, she's she's going to want to kind of reap some type of, you know, revenge or whatever. Um, but it may not be a healthy thing. So, but that that's kind of, you know, I, you know, kind of where my mind went when kind of fleshing out the story. Yeah, it's, it, it's interesting because, I mean, I, I think for all of us... Um, you know, who are the descendants of the the horrors of, of colonization and, you know, African slave trade. It's like, there is definitely an element of PTSD. And, um, you know, even for us being a little bit more removed by the years, it's like, it's it's there, you know, it's, it's in everything and it's trickled down to how we're treated and perceived today. So it's like, um, it's hugely relatable. I mean, conceptually, because, I mean, I think we can all tap into, like, moments of, you know, anger, you know, rage, and just, like, just the, the the injustice, the level of injustice in, you know, the people who came before us being made to, to build all of this, build this new world, um, and basically just get get crapped on, you know, and, and not, not reap any of the benefits while everyone else, you know, kind of jeed off. And it's like... Um, so it's like, yeah, I mean, long story short, I'm just saying it's like, it's, it's relatable. And I think like even that idea of, um, you know, just the infinite unfairness of it and, and the, the kind of anger that everyone can tap into, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. And I can see how it might even be somewhat cathartic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, <laughs> I was telling somebody that, you know, this would be the story that I write in, you know, in Trump's America. Like I, I got a lot of <laughs> a lot of shit to get off my chest, and there there are gonna be a lot of bodies dropping in the story. Uh, 
you know, I'm not, <laughs> not, um, you know, this is my outlet versus going out to like punch a tree or some shit. Right. Right. But, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, um, you know, I always describe route three as, you know, the PG 13 story. You know, this is my rated R, you know? Um, so it's, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I'm, I'm, in, I'm enjoying the story even as, <laughs> as dark as it might get. So, yeah. I'm I'm intrigued too by what you said about the fact that um you said something to the effect of um you know the the revenge mm-hmm. not necessarily playing out not necessarily being healthy you know what I mean for the, yeah. for the protagonist um right. and that's also something I can relate to too because it's like uh, you know a lot of things that we see play out um when you're just at the wrong end of injustice you know and your people have been like a lot of times you don't necessarily it doesn't always lead to the healthiest um, reactions to things. So, right, right, yeah, I can see from a storytelling standpoint how there would be a lot of a lot of room for some interesting, um, you know, ways to investigate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we'll, you know, there. Hopefully, maybe there will be a rainbow at the end of the, <laughs> the tunnel, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where the focus of the story is going right now. Okay, cool. And who's the um who's the creative team on the book with you? Okay, um the on pencils and inks uh, is Matteo Illuminati. Uh, uh, no relation to the, <laughs> the actual <laughs> Illuminati. Um, it was weird. We we had one comment uh, comment when we posted the um some artwork and the guy was you know somebody responded it's like is he a part of the Illuminati? I was like no god no that's not that's not what we're going for but um Mateo Illuminati on the you know, pencils and inks on the colors and lettering uh Loris Ravina and our um editor and actually this uh publisher um is Marcel Dupree uh of uh, evolution uh publishing so so that's that's the that's the squad. Cool, cool. Yeah, we've had Marcel on the show a while back. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, dope. So, um, yeah, tell us about the just your your creative process in in um you know linking with your team to kind of take it from from the written word to to the finished product. Yeah, we um you know normally like everything starts with you know with the outlining you know stage um because I. I got a, and it's even to the point now where it seems like it's sometimes like page by page, um, where I, you know, I need some type of direction. <laughs> I can't free will, mm. um, you know, when it comes to actual, you know, before the scripting. Uh, so once that's done, um, you know, we got a handle on the characters and the setting and, um, you know, whatnot, and, and also references, you know, which I'll send to the, you know, artists for, um, you know, for the characters and for the locations, um, you know, I jumped into the script, you know, jumped, um, and I, you know, as far as just writing it, um, but yeah, outlining, you know, the actual scripting, uh, we go through a, you know, a couple of drafts in terms of, you know, edits, because nothing's ever perfect, you know, right out the gate, even if you read something like four or five times, and then we'll, um, we'll get over to, uh, Mateo, and this time around, Mateo would actually work in batches of like five pages apiece. So once the first set of five, you know, were approved, 
uh, we would send those over to Loris to start doing the, the coloring. And then, you know, 5, 10, 15, I think it's, the book is maybe like 25 pages. Uh, and then uh, Loris would start the lettering after doing the coloring. But each time it's kind of, you know, we're looking at the pages as they come in, you know, giving you know, suggestions, edits, you know, what works, what doesn't. Most times it seemed like everybody in the Facebook chat between the four of us was like, that's hot. We got to keep it going, you know, but if there were changes that were needed, we, you know, definitely uh, sounded off and um, did the lettering and, you know, that's kind of where we're at right now. But um, it was always kind of a, I always, you know, consider it like kind of a, like a Ford factory, you know, kind of uh, set up where every, every part of it is being handled at a different stage. Um, but we're, you know, all collectively, you know, still a part of it uh, through the, you know, to be honest with you, through the wonders of the internet and through Facebook, because uh, both Matteo and Loris are Italian. And Matteo actually lives in Ireland right now, and Loris is still in um, Italy. So we, you know, so Facebook chat is the, is the best is the best way to go. Let me just say, Matteo has probably the dopest last name I've ever seen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like he comes with like his own walking music. Right. You know right. what I mean? So, uh, wow, Matteo Illuminati. Yeah. Um, how did you end up like meeting Matteo and Loris? Uh, through through Marcel and Evolution. Okay. Uh, Marcel has he has um, a really good knack for eyeing talent <laughs> and um i had done some um the um uh, some contract work or i guess you'd say uh the client work for um for evolution with a doing a sh i wrote a short story for um a team a superhero team in one of the uh series that he has uh through the publisher it's called uh armor one so after i did that um marcel asked me if i wanted to pitch you know i had a, if I had, a, had an idea for something and you know I, you know gave him i ran the pitch by him and i that's when he started showing me mateo's work and i was just like oh god this is <laughs> this is the dude that you had in the chamber and he just like pulled the trigger and i was just like gotcha you know that that works but yeah and he he and, and then he showed me like Loris's uh colors and you know, so I was I was set. So it's 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 through the publisher um, that I I was you know connected with the two of them. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the internet really I don't know makes things <laughs> possible, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It takes well, this big world and makes it really small. Yeah. When it's you know when it's used for good. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's an important <laughs> distinction. <laughs> we um. You know, it's funny. Um, I told Mateo that, um, you know, because he's, uh, you know, his his name is awesome. <laughs> like you said, Tony, yeah. I said, uh, I'm, I'm going to write like a spy thriller called um, An Italian in Ireland. Uh, <laughs> nice. Illuminati. We'll right. see what happens. But, um, yeah, he, they're, um, you know, in the past, I've worked with, on Route 3, uh, Omi uh, Remelante. He's based out of the Philippines, I think. And, you know, most of everybody else that I've, you know, kind of worked with on different books, you know, we're there, everybody's spread across the country. So, um, but yeah, it's, you know, internationally, it's just, you know, the internet does, 
it makes everything smaller. You know, I mean, even with the time zone changes, like you wake up, you know, in the morning and I'm like, oh, wow, there are pages, you know, because for them, their day is over. Yeah. Your day is still beginning. So, right. yeah. So the other thing that I, I find interesting, um, do you do you see any sort of international influences in the way Mateo sort of draws? I, I feel like um, American artists or particularly American white artists have difficulty drawing black people. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if you had that issue with Mateo at all or, you know, if you could talk a little bit more about that. If... Um... If Matteo had never drawn, I've seen samples of his work, of what he was doing before, you know, Mind to Avenge, and it's like it was really good stuff. Um, but in that stuff, I didn't see any black people. Now, if he's ever drawn black people before this, uh, if he's never done it, and this is his first time doing that, right, right, the, right. Dude, the dude knocked it out of the Lord and Bart Park. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Like, yeah, because I'm yeah. looking at these designs, yeah. I'm I'm yeah. looking at Travis's beard and that's a, that's a tight <laughs> for real, ass beard. For real. Exactly. <laughs> dude, dude just came out of the barber shop. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's even exactly. in the fade too. Check out the fade, man. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like it's like he came out of the barber shop and he's like he's ready to put on his Houston his Houston Rockets uniform in the three. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, a little harder harder than that. Um, I could see it. Yeah, yeah. We we um so that that was a discussion that. We had, we had um, because you know it's it's just okay without naming any publishers or any naming any specific books. Um, we've seen black people not or just people of color not drawn well, like <laughs> right. like horrendously. Like there was there was one book in particular where I was reading it and I was like, what the f-? no? And I took it to my wife and she said, nah, nah, that's not good. It was just like I had to get somebody's affirmation, like I wasn't tripping. But um, the hair was just, it just, it was just wrong. And it, sometimes you get the bot, you get the feeling that, you know, they, even with the coloring, there's no, there's, is no, there, sometimes there's no effort put into like realizing the fact that we come in all shades. We come in all shapes and sizes with different hairstyles. And, with um you know one of the cool things is even with the inks um you know travis and priya and you know lila and um liana you know they they look like black folks you know so that's that was you know that was it was a it was a godsend you know having mateo and then loris with the colors um just you know bringing you know this you know, beautiful black people to life. Uh, um, so no, yeah, they, those were discussions that we had. I mean, especially about the hair. Like it, when I started with Ralph Brias's, well, actually <laughs> with the CDC project, you know, my my thing was always like, we need some froze up in here. We need like some natural hair. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And um, I didn't get it, you know, with the CDC stuff. But you know, it's just, you know, I always I always throw an afro into each one of my stories. I try as much as possible. <laughs> but yeah, they. Yeah, you got to. But they, um, yeah, they killed it. They did a really good job. Yeah. You know, it's funny, you know, in in talking about hair, um, 
not to, to sort of, since we're talking about other publishers, I know that the, the new uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man comic book is coming out, and uh, the uh, the author threw up some pages, and they have Miles with, like, a part. I was like, what? You're talking about, <laughs> like, like a, a side part? Like really you... tight. Oh, really? Yeah, I was. it looked really good, and it, it was yeah. just something I just, I wasn't expecting that. And mm-hmm. it, it's just, when, when an artist can get certain details correct it, mm-hmm. it brings a whole different level of authenticity to a book right. so that's why when i'm looking at travis i'm like this is this is dope yeah there i mean <laughs> it's I, I i was happy i was happy with um you know with the end result um and you know I did, they kind of you know performed you know beyond my you know, highest expectations. <laughs> but yeah, you're you're not the first person to say that, you know, when it comes to, you know, Travis and, and Priya and just the team as a whole. So let's let's talk about um rewards. Like like what are uh, you know, obviously other than I mean one of the biggest incentives to get the book is just the quality. But um mm-hmm. you know, being that we're in a capitalist society, like what what what, <laughs> what, what things can people expect uh, if they, they pledge at different levels? Well, one of the, um, you know, at the most basic level, you know, just, you know, talking about the book, um, you get a digital copy of the book. And as you kind of move, I think beyond the $10 level or from $10 on, you know, you can get a hard copy um, with uh, varying covers. We actually have one with uh, um, a varying cover by uh, Vittorio Estone. And, and uh, you guys know this name, Sean Hill. <laughs> Sean Hill has yeah, a yeah. yeah. He's um, yeah, he's the artist, a series artist for Route Three, um, comic book artist extraordinaire, <laughs> Sean Hill, and an actually new father this year. So yeah, but um, okay. so we have a couple of couple of variant covers. Um, and at one level, you can get a T-shirt, uh, Mind to Avenge T-shirt. Uh, prints and uh, if you now before today <laughs> at the $500 level you could become a character in the later issues of the um, of the comic book you know issues two through five um, but then also so but that's that's completely gone um, but we also have uh, um, a level at, at $100 you can still get a cameo uh, in the second issue so it's a uh, you know, it's a wide variety of stuff, um, you know, ranging from just like the PDF of the book to you know, actually appearing in the comic book. Yeah, it's like so. I mean, like, like I guess tell us about the the experience of of running a Kickstarter. You know, I've I've recently been a part of a project that uh that had a Kickstarter, and I know it's kind of a grueling process. And uh, like, was this this was not your first Kickstarter campaign, right? No, 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 route route three. That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Route three was the first one. Oh yeah. For then the, you had um, the Frederick Douglass book as well. Yep. Yeah. 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 Route three was the first, um, as far as you know, for the collected uh, graphic novel, and then after that, we did the Kickstarter for the first issue of um, the Frederick Douglass autobiography. Um, so, with Route three, I mean, with the Route three one, that was the one that was more hands on. Mm-hmm. With you know, as far as yeah, I mean that that was me. You know, that was me and kind of the lead. Um, 
and it was kind of the guinea pig for Terminus Media <laughs> for um, because that was the first one. And then with the Frederick Douglass and uh, Money to Avenge ones, those were, I guess, organized and run by uh, two separate people at the league. So I just, you know, handled more so just marketing, uh, spreading the word, you know, like doing podcasts and, you know, trying to get reviews for the books. Um, but at whatever level you're at with the Kickstarter, it's it's a lot of work. I mean, it's a lot, lot of it's a lot of work, um, and definitely, it's. I think it's something that has been very beneficial for indie comics, mm-hmm. for indie comic creators. But you know, there's a lot of preparation <laughs> that's involved, um, and it is, and it can be kind of taxing. You know, definitely with, you know, trying to spread the word out as much as possible. But yeah, um, you know, that's, you know, I guess, um, three Kickstarters in, and you know, still kind of. You know, it kicks my butt sometimes, <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure. Where where do you see the series going? Do you see it as like a contained, um, you know, shorter series, or do you see it as something ongoing? I I see it as something ongoing. That, you know, right now, this arc is going to be for uh, five issues. You know, telling you know just kind of uh, Layla's uh, story, which will will introduce her in the second issue i mean actually she was kind of introduced in the first one in the holographic image but um and the second issue will you know focus more on her so you know this series is the book of layla and the way that i see it is every arc is a different book so um we might even get a book of travis we might get a book of priya uh and you know quite as it's kept we might get a book of the lalaris you know um it's just you know i i see this as being kind of you know a little an, an expansive universe and with having as much time that lapses between you know 1833 to you know the far-flung future that we're you know the story set in there are a lot of stories to tell you know a lot of tales to tell about the the retribution cabal and um you know them fighting you know the the things that go bump in the night Cool, cool. That's good to hear because that's a, it's definitely a a story that I, I could see myself reading for a long time. So, awesome, glad awesome. to see that, hear that. Um, Thanks, man. So yeah, like um, if we could, I mean, you you had mentioned before uh your your DC Writers Workshop, um, t- yeah, tell us a little bit more about that and also um, you know what what's come out of it recently and what you, what you've been cooking. Yeah, um, the so. I guess like last year, um, maybe the year before, it's it, things are kind of running all together right now. I I applied for the second time for uh, DC's um, talent development workshop, and um, these are workshops for writers and artists where they essentially, you know, I don't want to say teach you to write comic books the DC way, but I what I've told people is like a master's level you know, course of writing comic books or going back to college and I didn't have to pay for it. So that was cool. So, because I got loans. Um, <laughs> but he, um, so I applied the second time. I was at my nine to five and I, I was checking my email when I probably should have been doing work. And I, I really thought somebody was playing a joke on me. Um, because I, you know, when I was, they were like, yeah, you're accepted. And I was like, oh, this isn't all good. So then <laughs> I read, I finished up the email and I, I had to step outside because I started like getting really like choked up, you know? So 
from there, um, it was like a two month long, like online, uh, uh, course where, uh, Scott Snyder, uh, American Vampire, uh, Batman, uh, you know, Court of Owls, uh, Justice League, yeah. and just a bunch of other stuff like Uber Rider. He was, he was our instructor and, um, you know, he, you know, we went through, through, you know, basically just, you know, just writing comics and, um, it was myself and, uh, five other, uh, writers and, um, <laughs> just learned a lot. I mean, it, it learned a lot. I always say that, you know, Terminus Media was me going to, you know, like I was in college for writing comic books, you know, you know, before, like I said before, this is like the master's level. And um, it's it's an experience that it's it's done a lot for me, you know, as a writer, as far as for my career. But, you know, learned a bit and it's definitely helped me to, to grow uh, with within my profession. Um so then after that, we um, the goal is to there's an anthology that they put together uh, every year with um, you know the artists and the who, who go through their workshop and us the writers and uh, and the only the thing I always forgot to forgot to mention is that like out of like thousands of applicants you know myself and the other, like the five other writers were chosen so that's um, so that's kind of what the the numbers that were told to me. Um, but the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I, apparently I get choked up about this. Now I got a cold. <laughs> Sorry. But, um, the end goal is the anthology. And basically it just kind of shows, you know, the work that's been put into you. In, in addition to like, you know, numerous years of just, you know, freelancing and doing the indie comics and, you know, and learning your craft even before you hit DC. You know, there's a reason that, you know, they chose the writers and the artists is because we've, you know, we've put the work up, you know, put that work out. And um, so for me, it's a 12 page, you know, story featuring uh, John Stewart, um, a.k.a. Um, the, the greatest Green Lantern to ever live. So um, that's that's kind of that's, you know, that's kind of where it's at right now. Um, and we. You know, we got the. I got my comp copies today, and I literally I teared up. It was it was kind of the same feeling that, you know, I had when, you know, the first issue of Route Three came out. Um, it's you know it's kind of an important thing. Like growing up, you know, reading, you know, Marvel and DC and Image, and you know, it's always like in the back of your mind, like, hey, maybe I can do this one day, and you know, whatever. But you know, it's uh, you know, that's not always like the you know, the end goal, but the end goal is always to make comic books, you know, no matter what it is. Um, but to have something like, you know, just be able to hold in my hand and say, like, you know, I'm a published DC comic book writer, DC comics writer or whatever. Um, it was it was a lot. And I, and I think in addition to that, because my, you know, I think I told you my dad passed, um, you know, like um, last year, um, you know, he was always a guy that kind of you know nurtured the nerdiness in me so yeah i can't I, that's i think that's kind of why it it hit me a lot tonight but um i better get used to this because apparently if, 
every time a book comes out, I'm like, oh, brother. you know, it's just like, I don't know if that's going to be good luck. So, um, you know, it's just, um, but this, this especially is big because I, you know, John Stewart is, is, I'm a big fan of his and especially with the animated series and, you know, his significance, you know, within the core, um, I think is understated sometimes, you know, and, um, I, I, I like to, I enjoyed having a chance to, you know, write a story, you know, with him. It's just, it always becomes a Hal Jordan show. And, um, and I'm like, this, it, it, Stuart needs his own book. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Like, and I'm, I mean, I would love to write it, but even if it's not me, you know, just having like 12 pages to tell a story of John Stewart being John Stewart, um, was a blessing. And it's something I'm, grateful for so um yeah but that's that's kind of the the long-winded answer you know to to the question no man that's that's incredible and um yeah that's and yeah man you you got a right to be choked up that's i I get it (laughs) you know um so did did you specifically uh pitch a, a john stewart story or did it just line up that way no i i got a chance to pitch it one of the things that we were uh, instructed to do were to choose, um, you know, top tier characters. So as much as I would have probably wanted to write, um, something about like a C tier level character or whatever, um, you know, this is, uh, we were, that's what we were instructed to do. Um, and I was happy, you know, I was happy to, you know, choose, you know, be able to choose because, you know, one of the, um, one of the things that we do in the workshop is sample scripts. And that's, that's something that, um, is kind of common knowledge with, you know, within the, the advertisements that they put, put out about the workshops. And, um, one of the scripts that I put together was for, uh, Jessica Cruz. Um, and she was just, she's a very like fascinating character for me. And I wanted to do something that was based in space. I'm a I'm a I'm a huge Star Trek nerd, so just being able to see people of color in space is something that I'm a big proponent of. Because when it comes to like the space operas uh, or the like fantastical stories told on other planets or like in deep space, um, often we're not there. I mean, it's getting better. But for like when I was growing up, Star Trek to me was the only example. I know people will always say Billy D. Williams with the empire strikes back. And that was cool. But, you know, um, there's a lot of space, you know, and, you know, just kind of seeing him as the only brother, unless you count people in the background when he came in through, it was, it was, it got, for me, it was frustrating. It was very frustrating. So, you know, I know Star Trek, you know, didn't have like the first black captain until Commander Cisco was, you know, promoted to Captain Cisco. But it was one of those things where, you know, even if you're looking in the background, it's like we're there. Even if you're looking at the bridge of the Enterprise, you know, we're there. Um and not just, you know, not just black folks, it's just everybody. Um and so when I got a chance to, you know, do the John Stewart story, you know, this is the ultimate story of a black man in space, you know, uh, well, I'm not saying that's what my story, but like his, his story period, <laughs> you know, he's just, 
yeah, that's his jurisdiction. It's nothing but space. Right. So I always say that, um, you know, Brandon, I always give credit to Brandon Thomas for, you know, putting this, um, this kind of phrase or this term or this idea out there. Like, we don't always have to be the ones saving the block. Like, why do we, why are we always all relegated to just saving the block? There's a, there's a whole world out there. There's a whole universe out there. Uh, so when I got a chance to choose a hero, I, I was just like the ultimate space based hero. And um, we're going to go see him handle his business. And the Lantern Corps is just very fascinating because um, it's a star spanning, you know, organization that, you know, tries to uphold the, you know, the, you know, right, you know, right throughout the, um, you know, throughout the universe. And I, and there's just, there's a, there's a diversity in terms of the type of creatures and the characters that they have. I mean, there's a, there's an entire planet that's a Green Lantern member, like an entire planet. And I, and I, and I enjoy like weird stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, I just, I wanted to do something. I still want to do something with Jessica Cruz. Um, but also, you know, I got my shot at, you know, John Stewart and for like an entire generation of, uh, fans, he's, um, he's the, you know, Green Lantern. So that's dope. So when they asked you like to pick or instructed you to pick a top tier character, did they give you like a list or you, are you just supposed to know who to pick? Uh, for this go around, I, it was, you know, basically who, who, we wanted to pick and definitely like let's say if i chosen somebody who either conflicted with another workshop participant or um if they weren't like you know the you know top tier enough um Interesting. It, it um you know they would definitely let me know but one of the goals is to show that you can write these characters be they large or small you know the goal was to you know just ensure that like hey this you can work at whatever level they may ask of you now if it's you know if it's let's say it's a superman story uh you know that and that's like the you know superman or batman or like the trinity you know superman batman or wonder woman um you know the the goal is by the end of the workshop to be able to you know pitch and write a story you know featuring maybe somebody from that level to somebody who appeared in like issue 500 of you know just like the Justice League and right. you know they were the most like obscure character possible and I think that that helps to it helps you to I mean it helps you to grow as a writer you know you, you because you don't want to feel daunted by you know writing a story that features like one of the Trinity you know um, and that's you know that's um, that's at least you know what kind of how I took it and you know how it was related to me. So uh, you know, I just wanted they want you to do a little bit of everything. Interesting. I'm trying to figure out who I would pick, and I do like John Stewart. I'm not sure I would have picked him. I, I find you know uh, the, the Green Lanterns to be so complicated and, and convoluted. Yeah. You know, I personally I have issues with the fact that there's just too many humans that are green lanterns you know yeah. i think we have this egocentric thing that you know earth is like the center of the universe and yeah. if anything the old green lantern stories used to kind of show that that wasn't the case mm -hmm. you know what i mean um and so when it was just 
Hal and John, and then to a certain level, Guy Gardner. You know what I mean? It was cool. You know, but then it's just like, oh, we're going to throw in Kyle Rayner. And I have no issues with, you know, Jessica Cruz or um, Baz. Is that his name? Simon Baz, yeah. Simon Baz, yeah. So, but it's just, I just find it very interesting that I'm just like, y'all going to have like a fucking starting five with like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we've been players. Well, we've been you know, players. Right? Yeah, we've been players. Well, it's funny because when so when I when I found out I was going to be in the workshop, I went out like a, a dangling crackhead and just bought all the rebirth books. I was just mm-hmm. like, I got to buy them all so I can research, you know, because right, right. yes, I could be more up on where things currently were. And with with the Green Lanterns, um, Simon Baz. And Jessica Cruz were the only lanterns who were, I was going to say stateside, they were Earth. You know, they were the protectors of Earth. And everybody else were, every all of the other, I guess, human lanterns, which at that point probably would have been Rainer, um, that, not Baz, uh, Rainer, um, Jordan, uh, Stewart, and um, the... A guy Gardner. I was going to say the goofy guy, <laughs> Guy Gardner. Um, I actually, low key, I actually, Guy Gardner is a. I, he's I've become a fan, but uh, he's still an a hole. But I mean, he, he's I've become a fan. But they were they were the space based ones with the other lantern member. I mean, with the other lantern members. Now, I would never, I would not be opposed to just telling a Green Lantern story, which was not focused on the humans, because like I said, that their lineup of you know all the different aliens and the alien species uh, um that would be awesome you know just to focus on that there's a there's actually a dc animated movie called um emerald knights where it's an yeah. anthology yeah. yeah and they focus they focus on different members of the core yeah. so it's not and it's not it's n- i don't think any of the stories focus outside of the the core story that's being told on any of the humans like every other story is 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 on an alien, um, which I think was awesome. So yeah, I mean, I would love to, I would love to have a crack at writing that many series where it's just it's not Earth centric, you know, because I yeah. I, do, I definitely understand, you know, because it seems like Earth is the center for center of all the right. stories that and, we told. And, I, and I'm thinking and universe. <laughs> you you need two Green Lanterns to protect Earth. You have Superman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's crazy. <laughs> well, I mean that—that's an age-old comic thing too, you know, because it's like yeah. you're reading a story about a threat, and you're like, "Well, these guys are in the same city, and they could, you know, they could deal with that." But right. yes, there's always that suspension of disbelief about what yeah. the other girls are doing. Well, no, it's yeah. always the whole thing of like, "I got to do this by myself." And right, I, and right. If it was me, I would have been like, "No, hell no!" Like they turned. Yeah. They tear Harlem up. We need. Uh, I need everybody here. Like, yeah, then, yo, I, I love the new Daredevil season, but I was like, yo, Punisher could kill Kingpin. Like, you know. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Let's just get that out of the way. Let's get exactly. that out of the way. <laughs> like headshot, and that was yeah. it. That was right, it. Right. <laughs> but then also at the same time, I'm thinking, you know, Spider-Man swings through the city all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just yeah. really. Um, you don't go to Hell's back- Kitchen. Back yeah. to my original point, I, right, I think right. that if if it was up, and this is just me, if I was in that workshop, I think the character that I would pick would probably be Firestorm, and mm-hmm. I don't know if he would be like 
like a high level character. I mean, mm-hmm. he's been relegated to bench duty in my in my view, but um, I, I just I find him to be very, very fascinating and I think very underused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, you know, it's funny because I've seen him a lot, you know, especially in Legends, you know, on the TV. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. your opinion is of how he was handled there. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he definitely would have been. I mean, to be honest with you, if I could have had, I would have chosen Rocket. I know she's oh, on DC. She's oh. so yeah, like she's, yeah. you know, she that's my bucket. She's one of my bucket list uh, yeah. characters. Like if I could, not Icon. I mean, Icon is he he okay? But <laughs> Rocket was the one that. I mean, her and uh, Static. I'm not Static Shock. I'm talking about static. Static with the Malcolm X cap. Yo, you bring um, up a yeah. really good point. Like, I think, yo, they're 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 kind of leaving money on the table with Rocket. At least if it was done right. They, like, if, here's the thing. I think they're leaving money on the table for Icon. Imagine mm-hmm. writing a black conservative during the time <laughs> of this goddamn administration. You are leaving money on the table, my dude. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I. I I, I totally agree. Like I said, I totally agree. Um, but I, I think Rocket would well, and the only mainly with her because every there's you know black women or black teenage uh, you know girls are um, they're underrepresented. You know, yeah. in yeah. in terms of so yeah. that's that's why she would be that character that I would love to you know pitch for. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as like you know, underrepresented characters or people who haven't popped up recently, you know, I like I almost lost my ish when you know she popped up in Young Justice. Like, that's what oh, I was gonna say. God. Yeah, and and that's yeah. dope because it's like audiences have a a modern, you know what I mean? Like they they've been introduced to her in, yep. in a modern animated series. So yeah. Because I, you know, for me, it's like I go back to the beginning of Milestone Comics. My, I think I told the story before on here. My dad shipped up, you know, the number ones of, of all the Milestone books to my brother and I from Atlanta to Chicago when those comics were released. And that was, you know, how people always say like the Dark Knight Returns was mm-hmm. a seminal moment for them or Watchmen. And that I can understand. But for me, the, Getting those milestone comic books were were bigger than yeah. that. Yeah. You know? uh, I wrote like a college um, research paper about the the issue where um, the the cover of the issue is where Raquel is holding a pregnancy test, and the uh, the professor was like, "I didn't know about these books," and you know, it's just like, "So how's the grade?" No, but <laughs> just um, that's how you know, kind of deeply affected by those books um, as a creator and just as a fan. Um, and I am, you know, they, they hold a, a you know big significance for me. But yeah, she's, she would be the character that I, I would love to pitch for. Um, you know, so if the opportunity presents itself, that'll be awesome. But, you know, we'll see. Otherwise, I'll just write fanfics or some, <laughs> or something or whatever. Wow. Dope, man, dope. So what, 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 um, I, I guess just uh, have you had time to consume any media lately? Like, what have you been been checking out? Um, Legends is definitely at the top of the list. Like, that's my that's the Arrowverse show that it's just fun. It's just fun adventure. Um, and you know, as much as you know, you like the dark stuff that 
it's just goofy fun. Um, I've been watching on Netflix uh, Bodyguard. It's the um, it's a, it's like it's it's a British show with the actor that played Rob Stark, um, oh, and he's. Um, you know, I was gonna say it's not the Kevin Costner. <laughs> I'm just watching that movie on loop. I'm like, I love it. No, um, <laughs> no, it's a, it's kind of like it's a little 24-ish, uh, where he's he's the bodyguard for like one of their ministers, and a lot of crazy like terrorist stuff goes down. But it's it's, it's a really good series. Um, as far as like comics, um, I was I've been going back and reading The Old Guard by Greg Rucka. Um, which is a really good series. Um, you know, uh, Greg Rucker is one of my favorite writers. He and he's—it's a series that he's he co-created with an artist by the name of I think it's uh, it's either Leonardo or Leo Fernandez, um, and they work together on a story arc on Queen and Country. Um, and as I, far I gotta as read that because I'm I'm a big Rucker fan too, but I've never read that series. Queen in country or no um on the old guard. old guard yeah 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 oh it's really it's really good it's a it's a i i think you i think you would like it and they're actually going to adapt it into a movie um and i cannot remember the director's name but she, she was really big with um cloak and dagger last season um okay yeah but she's she's directing a movie and that's Wait, not you know, gina straight. gina prince bythewood Yes, it's her. Okay, she's cool, her. Cool. That's, that's it. Yeah, so she's going to be directing that. Um, and I just picked up a. It's not a new game, but um, I picked up a game of Black Friday called uh, No Man's Sky. It's, and it's just it's a basic space. You know, well not basic, but it's a space exploration game. So like the Star Trek fan and me was just like, I got to find this on sale. So, um, but yeah, yeah, that's kind of you know the media right now that I'm consuming. Um, you know, just you know, trying to in between in between the writing. So, all right, cool. What about you, Tony? Um, well, besides working all the damn time, I'm trying to figure out what I've been reading. So, um, I actually started going back and reading Frank Miller's Daredevil. Oh, uh, okay. Nice. So, like, I'm I'm going deep. I'm going deep because yeah. this right. this Daredevil season really, really kind of just made me want to go back um, and sort of read all that stuff. So when I get a chance, I you know I hit up a couple of um, issues of that. Um, in terms of TV, uh, Attack on Titan season three is out on Hulu, nice. and I never I never know when it comes out, but it's out. So um, I started watching that. Um, I am so pumped for this um, Spider-Man movie coming out in a oh, few man. weeks. <laughs> they got my uh, who are you telling? Got my I am so I, I can't even I can't even deal. That's Opening the, day, how, man. how excited I am with that. Yeah. Um, other than that, I will tell you, and I've I've been saying this for several shows. I am still playing the Spider-Man video game. Oh, nice. Um, so they they now have downloaded content. Um, and we're, I think it's three additional chapters and they've come out with the first two. So I think the third one comes out in a couple of weeks and I'm going to tell you this, this game is just amazing. It it is. And I will continue to sing its praises until the sequel comes out. So that's what I've been up to. Uh, I'm going to have to get a new console. 
You've been saying that for how long? <laughs> well, man, it's, come on, man. I, I actually I didn't even get a PS3 until PS4 was about to come out. So, but uh, it's it, yeah, it's, it's all that comic book drawing, man. It's like one or the others. Either I'm productive with comics yeah. or I'm gaming. You know, but I, I hear you, man. You you know you you've been doing some work, so I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna judge you for that. Yeah. <laughs> one day, one day, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it. One day. One day. Although it better uh, not be one of those game things game. where like it they they have they drop one game on the PS4 and then it's the next game is on PS5. Because <laughs> that I would not be happy about. I hear you. I hear you. So what are you what are what are what have you been consuming? Um, not too much. I I finally I was I was a uh, weeks late uh, picking up my uh, my stuff from my pull box at the comic book shop. So. Mm. I got I got a, a a dope pile of comics, but I've like barely cracked it. Um, I, ca- I caught up on um, on some of the uh, the Lion Forge books, um, like Noble. Yeah, I still got yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and I, I've been digging Summit too. I had um been getting been getting those, but I hadn't um caught up on those. But I'm mostly caught up with it. And I like I like that series as well. Um and yeah, straight bullets. I don't know. I don't know if any of you guys read straight bullets, but I've heard of it. Yeah, I've heard of it. I haven't. Ha- I haven't read it. Yeah. Pro- probably from me and Leo, but uh, it's yeah, uh, probably actually. <laughs> yeah, I dig it though. It's by David Latham. It's it's just just long, long running um crime series, um, but it's just really well well told. Like I don't know if you guys um are into Love and Rockets, but it's almost like if if Love and Rockets was a was just a a gritty crime book. Okay. Um, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Much darker. Much darker than Love and Rockets. But uh. Yeah. Yeah. I I also wanted to to say, and I totally forgot, is that I'm caught up on Titans. So. Um, oh man. I did. I actually have purchased the DC app. So. Um, Titans is very interesting. Uh, I actually <laughs> thought it was gonna. I thought it was gonna suck, but it doesn't. Yeah. It's actually. Pretty good. Um, this one, I would recommend. Yeah, I was gonna say that this is not the DC writer in me coming out. I love this series. Like yeah. I, yeah. it just yeah, it's um, it's been a pleasant surprise, you know. And I think and absolutely. It's funny yeah, and I think because everybody's been like, when's Young Justice coming out? Oh, Titans is before. Okay, I guess we gotta watch this. <laughs> uh, um, it just you know it's. It's worked. And I always tell people, like, you know, at least get something like an episode before you just completely crap on it. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and then maybe a couple episodes if you can sit through it. But I, I just we're living in such a time where think about it this way. This is like the f- fourth iteration of Teen Titans that we're getting either live action or animated. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's. That's insane, you know. Like I, there was a time where all all we could do was just sit back, sit back and read the Wizard magazines, yeah, and yeah. say, "Oh man, they cast this yep. movie." Yep, the casting <laughs> call, yeah. Yeah, and don't yep. and you know definitely don't just accept stuff at face value just because. But you know, at least give it a shot. And I just saw so many people going in, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> on the series before it came out. But it's it's really good. There there is something about our culture today where. It's like there will be like a first photo released, and and people will have very strong opinions just from like a photo or a screen absolutely. screen grab. Absolutely, absolutely. But you know what? The thing is, is that I think that 
they I think DC did itself a disservice by by doing the photo thing because I know that you know looking at Corey in particular you know people are like oh you know her her hair doesn't work or she's too black or whatever but when you're watching the show that's not an issue at all yeah. you know what I mean cuz it just works you know what I mean? And, you know, I almost kind of regret that they even released the first photo. I think they, they, they did themselves a huge disservice by doing that. Well, it's kind of, it's like one of those things, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah, you gotta, absolutely. You gotta, you gotta market, you know, you gotta market the thing. And this is their, this is their first streaming service. I mean, to be honest with you, this is the first streaming service of its type. You know, you can yeah. find comic books, you can find old superheroes. Yeah. It's just, it's completely focused to comic book fans and comic book like licensed property fans of like yep. the video games, the, yep. you know, the, the um, movies and the TV series. So it's just, it's like they, they had to come out of the box with something. And for all those people who had a problem with Starfire, because I was watching, I was looking at some of those co- uh, comments. Mm-hmm. Um, if y'all didn't have a problem with the 14 year old or 15 year old or 16 year old Starfire, being drawn the way she was drawn, like mm. you know, like on some, yeah, 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 like that was all. To me, I was just like, "What the fuck is going on?" Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a child. This is a child, and she doesn't have any. Like, sometimes she doesn't. It seems like she doesn't have clothes on. So, like, I'm looking at this like grown woman <laughs> in a like in a you know outfit where it's not like just crazy revealing or whatever like i'm used to in the you know like you've seen in the comic books and that's the that's what y'all have a problem with that was just very confusing to me and not even like the race you know because when it comes to the race thing i'm just like okay i'm you know those comments i'm not looking at right um right. because i i remember and they're not sincere act- either right right and the actress i remember her from that 24 spinoff and she killed it you know so it just it was just weird you know it's just like you know this is what y'all have a problem with she got clothes on <laughs> but like in the comics they were like oh man i gotta right. buy the starfire so that you know I, I just i don't know sometimes i just um i shut it out but yeah definitely it works on the tv show like we just watched the most recent episode and she was just lighting people up and i was like i love it <laughs> you know just mm-hmm. love it so cool I'm gonna get I'm gonna get the app because I've been I've been very intrigued by the uh, as more and more clips and uh, things have come out. It looks it looks uh, interesting. Well, yeah, with with all the content, you know, like watching all like I'm I'm sitting there watching like Superman, you know yep. what I mean, the animated series and, yep. and and the movie stuff I would never have really watched. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, because I've seen it before, but it's just like it it kind of just pays for itself with the amount of content you you can watch. Are they have? Yeah. What about um? So yeah, uh, Robert, you had mentioned Captain Marvel. Um, what did everybody think mm-hmm. of the trailer? I, I liked it. I mean, I I enjoyed it. Like you know, he they um, it definitely kind of hit some of the beats as, as the first trailer. Mm-hmm. But um, when I saw her fly into space and just yeah. start knocking knocking the f out of like <laughs> spaceship. <laughs> So I was just like, oh my god, this is a comic book. Yeah, they, they, had, they had me right there. Yeah, yeah, that was that was that, and you know, 
she punched the old lady, which turned out to be a scroll. But we, but, we knew know, that in the first trailer. But uh, well, so imagine not knowing anything about Captain Marvel. Yeah, like if you, <laughs> yeah, if you if you didn't know about scrolls, you were probably like, what? yeah, yeah. It's like, why did Brie Larson punch an old woman? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it was weird. She but I, I actually, next. She's right. next. <laughs> um, I, you know, I had I I've, I had this feeling that in order for Marvel to really outdo Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. they were going to have to do something special. You know what I mean? Because I feel I, I feel that they were late to the game and and having their first uh, woman lead mm-hmm. in a in a in a movie. Um, and I think that they you know rightfully so took their time and stuff and and picked the right character. Um, I, I think this movie is going to be incredible, and it, it might. And I, I'm not. You know, my I think my fiance will kill me because she loves Wonder Woman, but this might be better than Wonder Woman. And and I think that Marvel has is preparing itself to to take it to the next level, because, I mean, you know, I'm not sure that it, I'm not sure that saying it's better than Wonder Woman really is going to mean a lot, considering that Marvel's just been killing it with movies. But right. I think they've had to at least make it particularly special because here we are she's going to be we all know she's going to save everybody from thanos at least we think um and so far everything is just so visually stunning and and i think to see sam jackson uh or at least an old, a younger version of him is also kind of weird and i think yeah. we, it's going to go old school so i expect to hear some biggie and some wu-tang clan mm. um so i'm looking forward to it to be quite honest with you so um yeah. And I'm still not really. I still don't care about Aquaman. I just want you to know that. So unless somebody tells you something different, okay. I'm, I'm now, that brought, now that you brought, now that you, what's, what's up? I said I'm not gonna care. <laughs> right. Well, now that you brought it up, like, I, and I, I try not to hate and just be cynical. But what I'll say is like, is it just me or? And I haven't seen the film. Obviously, I've just seen the the trailers. But um, I just feel like the underwater stuff doesn't really look like it's underwater. It just seems like they pretty much threw a blue filter on them and i'm just like how can you have an aquatic hero like like look at it i mean is it just did anybody else notice that or is it just me it is it is very you know it's funny because it is very bright um and and but my my theory has been because they're getting as far away from the snyder verse as possible like a lot of the stuff at this point is going to be a bit more um well, just bright, you know. Just, oh, I'm just okay with that. Stuff. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm I'm more talking like effects wise, like the the actual yeah, quality think, of the effects. I feel like it doesn't look like right. they're underwater. Right, and that's and 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 that I and that I I, I understand. Uh, I just um, yeah, that that I, I can understand that. Um, I'm yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I uh, mainly because of Jason Momoa. Uh, and James Wan, you know, and James Wan has the background as far as with the the horror movies, you know, with the Conjuring universe. Um, yeah, yeah. Because uh, you know, just lo- I mean, <laughs> I'll say it on this podcast, like underwater, like the very, like the deep sea, that just scares me. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah, unnerving. Yeah. So yo, it's scary. Yeah, it's as scary as outer space, really. You know, right? Exactly. You know, it's unexplored, and you know, there's some stuff down there that. You know, it's like creepy as fuck. So if he's able to capture even like a, a like a you know 
that's my hope is that he can kind of show, you know, the, the untouched, you know, underwater world. But I definitely understand that it does. It looks like very, it looks very clean. It doesn't look like sometimes they're, you know, they're swimming and there are no, right. um, there's no bubbles. It is, it's no bubble, you know, that type of stuff. But <laughs> I I think though that um I I'm looking forward to it, but I think that DC, you know, this is not a shill, but I think that their their goal is to get like don't they're moving upward mm-hmm. and kind of onward. Um, you know, even looking at the Joker footage, you know, the, the quote unquote leaked <laughs> Joker. Right, footage exactly, yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> they keep showing from Oops. You know, for for the Heath Ledger, um Thing that it to me it look it looks I mean it's with it being like kind of Mean Streets meets um, you know Gotham City uh, that's I'm looking forward to that so and then you know so I, I think they're on the right track and I think Aquaman is just going to be another notch in their belt um, but uh, yeah it, it definitely does look it looks very clean <laughs> yeah but you know I, I'll, I'll see it we'll see see what happens oh but I had yeah. a, a, another um thing that i'm excited about in regards to captain marvel you know everything you guys said um definitely looking forward to it but i also dig the fact that um you know in her story uh monica rambeau's mom is in the film and i feel like it really opens the door for us to see um yeah to to see well i'm i call it captain marvel but yeah yeah but spectrum Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah And, like, because, like, you know, especially with the fact that, you know, um, this Captain Marvel is taking place over 20 years ago, like, yeah. it's very feasible for in the next, you know, however many years, you know, to bring Cap- uh, the other Captain Marvel in as well. So, and I, I don't think that's an accident. I don't think it's just an Easter egg. I think they no. wanted to leave that, that narrative lane open. There's, um, so... I'll just I'll put you on the spot. Uh, who's your fan casting for Monica Rambeau? Ooh. Oh shit. You know uh, I had not thought about this, but just the, I guess Nicole Bahari popped into my head when you said that. Okay. I can see it. Um, for me, it's um Sonequa Martin Green. Oh, oh man. <laughs> yeah, what you like, said. I would. Yeah, yeah what you said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see that. Definitely. Yeah. What about you, Tony? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm not good <laughs> at fan casting, but I, I like those two choices. There you uh, go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the best I can give you. <laughs> it's uh, good good stuff. A lot, lot of things to look forward to. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Elseworlds is coming up. Um, oh, yeah, I got to catch up on Flash. Yeah, like, um, yeah. I got to catch up. Yeah, Flash and uh, the two that I usually keep up with the most are Arrow and Legends and Black Lightning. Um, and yeah, I find myself catching up with Supergirl, which is becoming like one of the most woke superhero shows in a minute, strangely really? enough. Really? Like, yeah, like I saw I saw Tiki Torches on there. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I was just like, oh, God. Um, yeah, they're... But they've been doing it for a couple of seasons. I mean, like there was a season where her sister, um, where her sister came out, and they were dealing they were dealing with that. And this one, they're dealing with their version of uh, the Make America Great crowd. Wow. And it's um, it is like, damn, I did not think that Supergirl was going to be the show to kind of tackle this stuff. But 
yeah, it's um, it's it's very. I I like it, um, but they, I I was I've just been surprised. So I I've been playing catch up with that. But yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah, I tell people to just catch that if they get a chance. Oh. Yeah, I gotta catch up on my WB shows. Definitely Black Lightning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will. All right, fellas. Um, it's I about gotta, that time. Yeah, yeah. I got. I got to get some comic book work done. So, um, but yeah, it's been real, Robert. Um, yeah. Know. No. Thanks for having me. I I appreciate y'all. You know, always with the support. Oh yeah, definitely, man. Anytime. Um, actually, uh, tell the people where they can find you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my my website is um, Robert. Uh, K J E F F R E Y dot com, Robert K Jeffrey dot com, and that'll that'll link you you know to my books if y'all want to buy them, <laughs> but also to uh, all my social media feeds. I think Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, but yeah, Robert K Jeffrey uh, is the is the place to go. Cool, cool. Tony, where can people find you? You can find me at uh, Latin Negro uh, with one N. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, uh, my website is anthonyotero.com. You can check out my books there. Um, yeah, and that's it. Where they, can they find you, Marcus? Uh, MarcusQuame.com and uh, or Marcus at Marcus Kwame on Twitter and at Marcus underscore Kwame on Instagram. But basically, MarcusQuame.com has all the socials and artwork, etc. All right. Robert, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you for uh, spending time with us. No, same here, same here. And I'm at your website right now. So, oh shit, you're in Puerto, Puerto Rico strong. That's what's up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kick ass. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm friends with um, I'm friends with Marco Lopez. So he. Oh, um, who isn't friends with Marco? Yeah. That dude is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't mean to get sidetracked, but you know, I went to the. I, as soon as you said your website, I went there and I was like, hell yeah, Puerto Rico strong. <laughs> yeah. What's up? So. I will admit I haven't updated my website in a minute, but um, everything is still current. Current. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, congratulations on that, man. That was that was really Thank awesome. You. Um, yeah. Thank you. Black comics chat. Black comics chat.